You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, hostctalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we can we encourage you to listen live during the broadcast time. We have two guests on today's program. If you're expecting to hear my interview with Scott Duffy, CEO and founder of The Launch Project, just hold on. He's our second guest, and he'll be on the program in a few minutes. Uh, Claudia Miller, owner of Ad Directions, is our first guest. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors and advertisers. Brandman University, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, SNH Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and, of course, UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. Claudia, welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me on your show. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Let's start by asking you to share a little bit about your professional background. Well, I had an unusual journey to uh, becoming a graphic designer. I grew up with a madman. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was the VP of advertising for Douglas Oil Company for a few years, and then he went on to own the first instant print shop in Orange County in Santa Ana. That was about 1963. And then he owned another print shop in Fullerton called Minute Print. And that's where I used to work after school, and I was the graphic designer there and took care of customers and scheduled and priced. And then I eventually became his uh, the, the manager of the shop. Okay. And when he retired, I went on to a bigger four-color shop where I became an estimator, and uh, I did some graphic design work there after work. I, I freelanced. Okay. And uh, I I got bigger clients there. Mm. And that's when I really dipped my toe into graphic design. I mean, really got into the big stuff there. Okay. But you had been doing it for years, it sounds like. Yeah, but it was a lot of smaller uh, companies. Uh Now I got into some middle market companies and big companies. And that's where you really cut your teeth. So tell me about Ad Directions, and that's your firm. And uh, I'm interested in what it is you do. Obviously, it's graphics design based on what you've said so far. But also, Claudia, what makes your firm different? Why do clients choose to do business with you versus other firms that might offer a similar service? Well, my tagline is Fortune 500 design without the Fortune 500 price. And that's because I've gained a lot of experience and insight from working with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. I've been very fortunate that way. <laughs> but I'm not a big agency, so I don't have a lot of overhead. Therefore, I don't charge agency prices. So mm-hmm. you get the benefit of both worlds. Uh, that means that I can give middle market companies a professional agency-style look without breaking the bank. Or I can give large companies uh, the benefit of my services and still meet their ever-tightening budgets. Right. I also try and find little ways to save money for people that add up. Like I might buy a subscription to a a stock photo house for a month or so, uh, thereby gaining economies of scale when Mm -hmm. you purchase many photos at the same time. So all those little things help your budget. Um, My printing experience really becomes important because I think about your budget ahead of time. I plan a job from the end forward. Okay. I start at the end and... You mean the finished design? Right. I think about the finished printed piece uh, and where it's going to deliver. Um, I work with printers ahead of time and make sure that we're all on the same page. And is this thing that I'm going to design, 
does it fit your budget? Or, you know, you don't want to have a surprise at the end where you go to the printer and say, oh, this is great, but this is going to cost you about $10,000 over your budget. Right. Well, you don't want to go back to square one then, right? Right. That's not good for anybody. I think that would make me mad. Well, yeah, it would make anybody mad. Right. So, So I can foresee these things before they happen. Okay. What type of design work do companies of all sizes generally hire you to do? And what areas are you, or is there an area where you specialize for Excel? Well, I've done a lot of it. I've done logo design, brochures, annual reports, trade show booths, vehicle wraps. I recently just finished one for uh, Knott's Berry Farm. That was cool. Um, uh, a vehicle wrap? A vehicle wrap. Oh, yeah, that was so much fun. One of the things that I found out was that, um, you know, the Peanuts characters, uh, even though you're using some of their art, you can't take them and flip them. You have to use them in the direction they're going. Um, that's just their, th- those are their graphic standards. And if you want... Uh, Snoopy facing to the right instead of the left, you have to get their artwork that's facing to the right. Oh, okay. So you just can't take one image and do whatever you graphics designers do to make it look Right, look exactly. Oh, interesting. You know, so if you're partnering... You must have a good side and a bad side then, that Snoopy, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Notice the difference. Yeah, know. yeah, his photogenic side, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, so if you're working with another large corporation and you're using some of their graphics, you have to make sure that you're adhering to their graphic standards. Right. And you always make sure that you get a um, a graphic standards manual ahead of time. I always find it interesting that most small companies and many middle market, and for me, I think of middle market as up to $100 million in revenue, which is a pretty significant mm-hmm. firm, never... The smaller companies almost never think about it, and the bigger companies probably don't think about it as enough, and that is design specifications for how their logos to be used and oh yeah you're so right common things that uh, that they would expect others who are going to have freedom to use their marks adhere to you're absolutely right and then and then people just run rampant with your right. your logo and they put things behind it where your logo can't be read or they'll do all kinds of weird things. They'll, they'll take your logo apart and reassemble it in different ways. Now your brand is completely diluted. Right. They changed the color of oh, the yeah. logo. I was recently at a nonprofit that had gone through, and they had uh, collected all the variations of their logo. That was that it was an educational institution that the different departments were using, and they had them all on a war room board wall and. Uh-huh. And while I can understand the interest in creating your own look, when you put it all on the wall, even though the words were the same, you know, they said the name of the institution, the look was so different that you wouldn't even assume that the College of Education had anything to do with engineering or, you know what I mean? It's oh, just, yeah, It yeah. didn't make any... And then when social media proliferates and they have many more needs for an icon or a mark, it just got... And so they it, it, it took them months to bring everybody together on a common design and then to be able to have it so that they felt, the departments, et cetera, that they could customize it for their own area of the university. Well, see, okay, so that's where your planning comes in. If you're designing a logo, and there are a lot of people involved, a lot of departments involved, you want to make sure you do your research and ask these people all of the different areas where you're going to use this logo. Like I was going to say about designing a logo later on here, you have to, is it going to go on hats? Is it, if so, it needs to be either silk screened or embroidered, T-shirts, embroidered. You know, there's so many different uses. How, how big is it going to need to blow up the size of a building? Right, because there's some social media sites that require, if you want to use their newer features, a banner, whatever it might be, it has to fit a certain design specification. That's right. And and you can upload your native files, and if they're the wrong specification, it just spits it back at yep. you and says, try again, too small. It doesn't scale it, which would probably be a good thing because who knows how distorted it gets. But I would think in sitting down with clients, you say, okay, are you going to use this on YouTube? Do you have a YouTube channel? Are you going to use it on Facebook? 
in these soft copy areas, how, do, how does it have to look there, and how different are those design needs so that one size ultimately does fit all things? Right. And also, you want to make sure you're using web-safe colors when you're designing your logos. I didn't even Just, know there were web-safe oh, colors. Oh, yeah, because you, know, you, can, you can print a certain gamut of colors that that is smaller than the gamut of what your eye can see. And then there's a certain gamut of colors that's only available on the web. And you want to make sure that you're choosing colors that look good on both Mm. and similar in both. Because something can look nice and pretty blue on the screen, and you go to print it, and it's purple. Mm. So Because of the different technologies, right, between a screen and a printer. I I get that. Yeah, Yeah, right. that's part of it. And they use different color combinations mm-hmm. like screens use red green blue to make color right uh printing in full color uses cyan magenta yellow and black right different technologies right okay. exactly we're talking with claudia miller she is the founder of ad directions and the owner and she's a experienced graphics designer you're listening to critical mass radio show and i'm your host rick franzi it's time for our first commercial break and when we come back we have more to learn about from and with claudia miller so stay tuned after these words from our commercial sponsors can we talk about your family business You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communications desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investment from VOIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Claudia Miller, owner of Ad Directions, is our first guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 14,000 shows during the last 30 days. And we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net. 
or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and various other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, Claudia, let's talk about your company, because I know you pride yourself on your expertise to anticipate problems. We talked a little bit about that in the first segment. But how do you anticipate or offer suggestions to solutions before they arrive? Maybe maybe you can take us through a process that you take potential clients through or maybe explain some of the factors or give us a helpful hint from your years of experience that CEOs of middle market companies could benefit from learning about. Would love to. Okay. Um, well, first, I put my clients through an extensive questionnaire that I've developed that's customized just for them. And I find out all of the places that you're going to be using whatever it is I'm developing for you. Okay. So let's let's take, for example, a logo. As I was saying earlier, is it going to be on T-shirts, hats? Is it going to be looked at online? Probably. Um, let's hope so. Is it going to be printed digitally or four-color process? It's a completely different process. Okay. And here's a little tip for you. In the past... Two-color printing used to be cheaper than four-color process. But now there's an abundance of printers whose sole business is gang runs of four-color process. What's a gang run? (laughs) Well, a gang run isn't when the Crips and Bloods get together for a 10K. Okay. It's... It's when your job goes on the great big press sheet with everybody else's job. And because it's printing four-color process, the press is washed up for that all the time, runs 24-7 that way. And and it's, um, now you get economies of scale again. So it's like you're running a bigger job. Right, exactly. Right. And you can run as few as like 500 or 1,000 for a really economical price now. Well, that means that two-color jobs where it's straight spot color coming right out of the can that way, that's a custom job now. Oh, they wow. have to wash up the press just for your color. Okay. Well, now it gets expensive. Right. So it's, it's kind of flipped now. Right. Which is actually kind of great because you can put full-color pictures in and look just sharp right. without spending a whole lot of money. Right, and, and more and more people are using high-quality images to oh, yeah. make their point over words and text, right? Even in printed material, certainly online, oh, in yeah. PowerPoint. And you know what? You really have to these days. Your audience is so much more sophisticated than it's ever been. Right. You can't get away with stuff today that you could 10 years ago. Because think about what people look at every single day. Look at all the the magazines and stuff they see online. It's all beautiful, full color. Right. We're getting spoiled by technology, yeah, aren't they we? they expect that. Claudia, I'm talking with Claudia Miller. She's the owner of Ad Directions, and we're talking about all things graphics design for middle market companies. Uh, can you share with us, I know you have a lot of experience, and I'm wondering if you've developed any from your key lessons, uh, kind of an overarching belief system. We here on a radio show, we call it your guiding principle. And that's what our the book series around guiding principles is really excerpts of these radio show interviews. So I'm wondering if you could reflect on that for a second and share your guiding principle with our audience. Well, one of the things that I've learned is that you have to give to get and and have the right intentions behind that. Don't give just to get. Give because you really want to help people. And if you're giving because you want to help people learn or help them get ahead, those intentions come through crystal clear. People know it. Don't be afraid of people trying to do your work for you. They've got a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Just because you teach them something or you give them a little something doesn't mean that they're going to go out and, let's say, do their own graphic design. Okay. Right? Right. It's like Costco. You know, you get a little little taste of something at Costco, and then you go out and you buy 500 gallons of it, right? right? Because that's all they sell within is 500 gallons. Right, right. Are you going to go home and make that from the same thing from Costco? No, you're too busy. Okay. And also, when you're, let's say you're networking, and let's say you do want to give, and you do want to give people information, 
don't vomit everything you know either mm. because their eyes glass over. Right. Um, part of giving is giving your attention to them. Uh, listen more than you speak. You have two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's great. You know, just be there to help people. They know that you're helping. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, my advice to the CEOs in the peer groups that I lead and other clients that I have is if, if you have something that you'd like to get accomplished, start talking about it early because people will conspire to help you achieve your goals if you let them know what they are. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Yeah, rather than, you know, many times people for whatever reason would rather wait. Maybe some of the things that you talked about or they're afraid to be um, in case they don't get it done. I find the probabilities of you doing it go up greatly. Not because you've you've expressed it to people and you're accountable, although there is that too. More like people will want to help you if they can. If you have the right kind of people in your business network, which many of the people who listen to Critical Mass Radio Show do. We have about two minutes left here on the radio show, so I'm going to skip ahead on the questions, Claudia Miller. Okay. Tell me about the future. What do you see for ad directions? How do you see it uh, growing, changing over the coming years? When I have you back on at some point in the future, what's going to be different with the business? Well, I see an increasing opportunity for web graphics and, um, you know, for, for social for social networking. Sure. I'd also like to do more of those vehicle wraps. Yeah, that was that was a challenge. They they were a blast. It's a completely different medium, uh, completely different challenges. Uh, it's an area where I can learn something new. Mm. And, you know, that's what keeps you going in life is learning something new and keeping excited and right. just staying abreast of the latest technologies. I was going to say technology because your industry is very uh, dependent now on technology. I mean, right for the – Oh, the, yeah. And has been for a long time. I oh. mean, it is really the underpinning of, of you being able to do your work to the standards that people expect now on how you would do it without using technology. And it's it's changing all of the time. And you can't stop for a second because, as my dad used to say, if you're standing still, you're actually going backwards. Because, because everybody else is moving past you, right? Yep, Catching that's up right. Moving past you. That's right. So if someone's out there saying, well, I'm interested, I've got a car I need wrapped or a fleet of vehicles or something else, how do they find... Oh, please do. Yeah, how do they get in touch with Claudia Miller and your firm, Ad Directions Online. How do they find you? Well, my website is addirections.com, and that's A-D, just one D, A-D-I-R-E-C, T as in Tom, I-O-N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, dot com. Or you can email me at Claudia at addirections.com. Or you can pick up the good old-fashioned phone and call me at 714 714- Eight seven nine sixty six seventy. Give us that number one more time. Seven one four eight seven nine six six seven zero. Well, Claudia Miller, thank you for being a friend of the program, a part of our critical mass community. I've enjoyed our conversation. It's gone by so quickly, and I want to thank you for the fine work that you're doing for all your clients in the community. Thank you. Rick, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. So we're going to take our next commercial break, and if you're waiting to hear our interview with Scott Duffy, CEO and founder of The Launch Project, stay tuned. We'll be back with him in the chair in less than three minutes. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. 
If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. Welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Scott Duffy, CEO and founder of The Launch Project, as promised, is our second guest on the program. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show might be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. Our exclusive prospect engagement program delivers up to 23 warm leads to each of our advertisers each year. To learn more, contact Rose Chamara at 951-515-4661. Give that number to you again, 951-515-4661. Welcome to the show, Scott. It's great to be here. Let's start. It's great to have you, obviously. Let's start by asking you, share a little bit about your professional background. How did you get to this point? It, you know, it, it's crazy. I, I started my career uh, out of college working for best-selling author and speaker Tony Robbins. I've heard of him. Yes. And I promoted Tony and Jim Rohn and some other people in the space. And then kind of by chance in my mid-20s, um, I made it up to the Bay Area and had a chance to be really kind of early in consumer Internet and had a chance to work at a very early stage for several small businesses that became big brands like CBS Sportsline, hmm. NBC Internet, FoxSports.com. And the last business I started uh, was like Expedia for private jets. It was called Smart Charter. Okay. And I sold that business to Richard Branson and the Virgin Group and ran it for him for a couple of years. Nice. And uh, what I do today is take all that, that knowledge that I, you know, everything that I've learned being around all these amazing innovators and entrepreneurs. Right. And, and just try and share it with others to help, you know, people all over the world to live their dreams through entrepreneurship. It's the hardest thing to do in business, in my opinion, is start a business. Because the world could care less, right? They don't even know you exist. And many times the entrepreneur, it's in your own uh, makeup to fight through some of the challenges to get that business to become relevant in the marketplace. Well, that's true. And I think that as entrepreneurs, so many people focus on the wrong thing first. Really? I think that as opposed to you know focusing on the business side of entrepreneurship, like those the strategies and tactics around writing a plan and raising capital and you know taking an MVP to market, what they need to focus on is the personal side of entrepreneurship. Really? Because I think that's 80% of what it takes Get out of in time. order to be successful. Why do you say that? Well, just in my experience, that's 
that's what I've learned. You know, it's, it's everything from learning how to manage your personal finances to managing your personal relationships at home okay. to learning how to manage your mindset so that you can get through the ups and downs that you right. go through every single day right. as an entrepreneur. And I think that when you, you start to get those things right, things will click in your business. And when things become difficult, like they always do when you're an entrepreneur, when times get tough at work, right. you know, if you've got the personal side mastered, nailed down, it's going to make things so much easier for you down the road. Well, this is an interesting approach, and I'm, we're going to spend some more time here on Critical Mass Radio Show talking with Scott Duffy, CEO and founder of The Launch Project. So it sounds like you're saying an entrepreneur to be successful isn't doing his entrepreneurial or her entrepreneurial stuff in a vacuum. It's, this is true. It's interrelated with life. That is so true. I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to, to work on an event with Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks. Sure. And I am like the biggest fan of Starbucks. I think <laughs> I eat, I like drink their coffee like 10 times a day, even okay. though I, I, I just, I just love it. And I was so excited. I get excited. that sense, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. I, and I was so excited to have the chance to meet him. Sure. And um, I remember that he gave a, a presentation for about an hour. And, and as an entrepreneur, I was looking for ways to connect but the the presentation itself felt really corporate mm. you know it, it felt more like a press release to me okay and i remember there was a q a after he spoke and a friend of mine got up and he said something that i think everybody else was thinking he said you know mr schultz he said i'm a big fan myself he said but there's one thing that i just learned he said that you're not anything like me oh. and he said and the reason is when you talk about struggle you had a billion dollars in your pocket and most of the people in this room as entrepreneurs, when they're struggling, they're yeah. just trying to figure out how to eat. Yeah, there's not a billion dollars in the entrepreneurs in the room, probably, right? That's if right. they all put their right resource together at that point. That's right. And, and in that moment, I got to tell you, Howard Schultz, I became an even bigger fan. Why? Because he stood up and he walked across the stage and he said, I'm exactly like you. Let me tell you a story. And he told the story about how he got started, how he was a salesman, how he walked into Starbucks as a sales guy, loved the store, loved Seattle, had a great idea. By the way, his big idea was he wanted to put an espresso machine in the store. Uh -huh. And as an employee, they said no, and he left the company after being hired. And, and, and he went off, and he found another, another coffee brand that he wanted to, to rep, and he thought he'd, he'd start to you know, open the store himself. And one day, he got a call. And the phone call was from his father-in-law, who said, Howard, I'd love to get together. And Howard knew it was coming. What he said is, Howard, I love you. I respect you. And he said, but here's the thing. You've had this dream. You've had this vision to open up this business. Hmm. And your wife, my daughter, is the only person taking home a paycheck. And it's been like that for a year and a half. And by the way, she's six months pregnant. Oh, my goodness. And he said, and so maybe, I say this with all due respect, he said, maybe it's time to, to put that on hold. You know, maybe it's time to put that dream on hold and maybe do something else. Uh -huh. And Howard went home and he told the story to his wife. And she said to him, she said, Howard, no, this isn't just your dream. It's our dream. Wow. It's not just your vision. It's our vision. We're going to stay up all night if we have to, and we're going to figure this out. And they did. Oh. And you see, what I learned in that moment is this. What I learned is, as an entrepreneur, I always thought that I was like the most important person in the business because I founded it. Or I had right. like all the fancy titles. But the most important person in our business is the person that we come home to. Wow. It's the person that I don't call the chief executive officer. It's the chief venting officer. <laughs> 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 they got to hear about all the tough stuff that happens during the day. Right. And, and be supportive. And be supportive. And the thing is that they're typically just as, a, as at risk as we are. Oh, yeah. Right. More at risk because they don't have any control. They have no control. Right. But they, they have influence. But... They have influence. But they give us the opportunity that we need to go and live whatever is that, that fire that lives inside of us. And, and what I've learned is that I love to share is this. I think there's three ways that you manage that relationship. Okay. Get your pens out, ladies and gentlemen. There are three ways. Here we go. The, the first is this. You need to get on the same page as your, your chief venting officer, as your partner, before you start the business about how much money and how much time you're going to risk. And I can tell you this, I would rather risk less and be on the same page as that person than risk more and know they've always got a knot in their stomach. Right. The second thing I've learned is this. I've learned that you need to figure out what their communication strategy is. And this is so important and usually overlooked. You see, some people, they like to like know blow by blow what's going on in the business. 
they want to really be involved. Right. Other people, that emotional up and down, you're right. Yeah. It's way too much. You're burning me out, right? You're burning yeah. me out. Yeah. And for an entrepreneur, it, you may feel awesome <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night when you get your crummy day off your chest, but your partner yeah. lies up all night with mm. their eyes open because they're worried about oh, you. Those are too powerful. I can't wait for the third one. You gotta, So you got to get on the same page. And then the last thing is this. My wife, Rachel, she told me this. The way you spell love with an entrepreneur is T-I-M-E. Mm. You've got to figure out how to make time for those people. Right. Wow. That was worth the price of admission right there, Starts Scott Duffy. Thank you. You know, it reminds me of the story briefly then we're going to take our commercial break when i started this business which was in 2007 i came home i was the president general manager of a manufacturing division of a big corporation had realized my career dream which was to be the boss right of something like that that size 70 million 700 employees whatever and i came home to my wife i was 49 mm. we had two kids about to go into college and i said i've got an inspiration i want to quit this job this corporate gig, and I want to start my own business and build CEO peer groups and masterminds for small and middle market business owners. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, it makes perfect sense. See, that's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know what she was going to say, right? Chills, man. Chills. That's That's awesome. Right? There's a lot of good reasons why that's not the time to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But that's supposed to be your prime earning years. But if if she wouldn't have given me that free uh, freedom to go and do it, I would have, I'd have found a way to do it anyway, probably, but I could have been on the wrong set of tracks. That's right. With her. And, you know, I feel like we could all use the person in our life, whether we're a guy or a girl, it doesn't matter, that's got, like, the Adrian, like, that gives you the Rocky speech, you know? Yeah. You know, that, like, that motivational speech when you need it? <laughs> yeah. And unless you're on the same page, you're not going to get it. You're that. not going to get it. All yeah. right. Well, this is fantastic. That's the first 10 minutes of our 20-minute talk with Scott Duffy, CEO and founder of The Launch Project. We haven't even gotten to The Launch Project yet, but don't go anywhere because we are guaranteed when we come back from these commercial words from our advertisers. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 
888-888-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Scott Duffy, who is CEO and founder of The Launch Project, is our guest for this segment. And I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. Last month, you downloaded over 14,000 shows during the last 30 days. Well, that was last month, right? We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. A rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. If you're listening to this show either live as a podcast, we would appreciate it if you're using iTunes to go in and write a short review for the Critical Mass Radio Show series on iTunes. It really helps our visibility with others who are yet to discover the program. All right, Mr. Duffy, let's get back to you and your business. What is the Launch Project? Well, the Launch Project is a mission to help millions of people around the world to live their dreams through entrepreneurship. Okay. And it will be launching this fall. Okay. And what is it? It is a step-by-step process for taking your idea, whatever that is, um, and taking it to market. Okay. And, you know, it, it's not about building the next Google or Facebook or Virgin. Again, it's about planting a flag, whether it's, you know, helping out your kid and their soccer team or, or building a great company. It really doesn't matter. Okay. Because I believe that, that all the answers, all the problems that we have out there today, they lie within all of us as entrepreneurs. I just, I want to help show you how to do it. Okay. Yeah. And so... Regardless of what your intention is, and you know, during the break we were saying, well, who listens to the show? And our demographics are CEOs and business owners and executives. And many of those executives who are in that category are people who are entrepreneurs in waiting, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm trying to help them because I think, frankly, while entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, everyone should try it at some point in their career just to see maybe they're missing something that they're really good at. I hate to have regrets. So, this is true. So if you've got a message for any of those people that are wanting to, to give up the p- security of the corporate world for the whatever it is in the entrepreneurial world, any advice for them? Well, it reminds me of a story. So, of course. Uh, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> it reminds me of a story. <laughs> Stories are great. So a, a few years ago, um, I was invited by, by Richard Branson and the Virgin Group to go to his home on Necker Island. And I was so just excited to be included and to be there. And I remember the first night that we arrived, um, when it was time for dinner, all of us got in these little tiny boats. And we headed out. It was pitch black at night to the island next door, which, by the way, he had just purchased, called Mosquito Island. Because I guess if you're going to own one island, you might as well own the one next door, right? And we went around this little tiny, tiny, like, uh, side of the island. And I remember there were these, like, tiki torches. And, and we got out. It was just, it was crazy. There was literally nothing on this little lump of land. Mm. And I grabbed my dinner. And I was looking for a place to sit. And I saw Richard sitting on the beach. So I went and I sat down next to him. That's pretty brave. Yeah. And, you know, he was talking on the phone. And it sounded like he was just so passionate about something. And so when he got off. It seemed like everyone else knew what it was. So I asked him, what is it? What is it that it looks like you want to buy? And he said this, the rainforest. And I said, the rainforest, which one? And he said, the Amazon. <laughs> because is it I, for sale? Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> I get, you know, right? If you're going to buy a rainforest, you might as well buy the biggest one. And right. I remember saying, it was like a cartoon where I just wanted to pull the words back in. I remember saying <laughs> what I thought everybody else was thinking, which is, that's impossible. <laughs> I was thinking of something else, but okay. <laughs> and I remember Richard looking at me and, and saying, you want to learn something like, you want to learn how to buy a rainforest, I'll teach you how to do it. And basically said, if we wanted to buy a rainforest, first of all, why would we do it? And he had purpose. You know, He wanted to protect this area right. from deforestation, right. protect the animals, all that stuff. So, okay, so we've got that purpose. He said, if that's what we want to, he said, do we really have to buy it or could we lease it? And for me, that was a huge shift in thinking. And then he said, how many people do we know that have tremendous wealth? Actually, before he said that, he said, I'm a pretty good negotiator. If you got me in the right room with a willing seller, right. do you think I'm somebody that could negotiate a deal? And I said, I'd bet on you. And he said, okay, so if we could do that, who do we know that has a lot of wealth that could help contribute to this cause? And the people around started going through a list of billionaires. And then he said, no, no, no. He said, what if we made it possible for everyone that felt passionate oh, about wow. this? Contribute a dollar, whatever yeah. you can. Right, but right? the numbers 
are huge. Right, but he's like effectively crowdsourcing buying the rainforest. Right. And I remember thinking in that moment that buying the rainforest in like five minutes seemed easier than eating a bowl of soup. <laughs> and, and, and I think that what I learned at that time was that it, it doesn't matter how big your dream is, what it is you want to do, what the situation you're in is, if you have the right mindset and, and the right resources and put the right people in place, you can achieve virtually anything that you dream. And, and I think that one of the biggest entrepreneurs make is they just fail to get started. And they fail because they think that they need to have everything right. in place right. before yes, they right. jump in. Right, because right. the risk is too high. Because the risk is too high. If I haven't figured it all out. That's right. But, but what I've learned is that the most successful people I've been around, they've learned how to identify and accumulate the resources that they need each and every step of the oh. way. And that's the key right there. Right. And there's some things you're not going to learn until you start doing. It's true. This is true. And, and you may think that you know everything there is to know about your market, about your product. You may build something, and it's beautiful. It's what everyone told you they wanted. But once they get it in their hands mm. and they start to play with it, they may make distinctions and realize that it's something slightly different right. that's going to kind of become the right product market fit. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about your 12-week program. Yes. What is this the type of material that people who are going to be exposed to your 12-week program are going to get? Or what is the curriculum or outline or idea behind the 12-week program? Well, I believe that you should be able to take any idea, no matter how big to market, in 12 weeks or less. And and most people say, well, I need more time. Yeah, that sounds I need more time. But to long. me, I'll tell you, here's the thing. More time means more complexity, more risk, more capital at stake. Right, building a big, bigger product when you don't know if the smallest version of it works. Right, and so what I'm a, a fan of is is focusing on one thing, not the hardest thing, the simplest thing. What I call the minimum viable product. Okay, and getting that in customers' hands as fast as possible, getting feedback, iterating from what you learn, and relaunching. And you know, if you want to own a sandwich shop. Start making sandwiches and start making sides and see what people so want. So many successful entrepreneurs made had a homemade recipe, and people kept telling them, you ought, to, you ought to sell this, you ought to sell this, and then they start selling it, and it scales from there. That's right. So that's right. your minimum viable product, right? That's your minimum viable product. And, you know, I think when people hear, that, like, that kind of sounds like a technical term, and a lot of people think that that only applies to technical businesses right. like websites. Yeah. But it applies to everything. And, and the, the thing that's so amazing about being an entrepreneur today is it's so easy to find your target audience. They niche down in social media, on television, right. in community groups. Right. They self-collect and self-form, right? They do. They self-collect, they self-form, and you can get your product in their hands so quickly and so easily and with so little money and get feedback you know, like overnight. It's awesome. And with you mentioned crowdfunding before, and it was one of our live shows. We did an episode with Indiegogo and some others on crowdfunding. And it is amazing how you can chum the water with future customers by using a crowdfunding platform to, to get exposure to them. And you get interest, clients, and you get money. Yes. Which is always a challenge for an entrepreneur most times when they're bootstrapping and starting their business. Yes. So you must be a fan of crowdfunding then. I'm, I'm a fan I'm a fan of, of whatever, acquiring <laughs> whatever it takes to get that thing out there, you know? I think as entrepreneurs, we just, we have to be scrappy, you yes, know? And you we do. can't, we, and, and boots, I mean, that's a great lesson, bootstrapping. You know, m- most people think I got to go raise a million dollars before I get started, you know? You don't need to. You don't need those people in your life maybe at that point either, right? That's right. What you need to do is figure out what you need, the capital and other resources. Find people around you in your network or in your network's network that are entrepreneurs that are also trying to grow on a budget right. and figure out how you can trade with those people and add value to each other's businesses. I mean, I find that a lot of people that come to me and say, I need to raise a million dollars, when we teach them how to really bootstrap okay. and leverage bootstrapping, they find that they never need to raise capital. Oh, my God. You know, what a different ha- world that is. It is. It is. And it happens all the time i have nothing i have no bias against investors and venture capitalists etc but as an entrepreneur at some point it's nice for a while to be able to be unencumbered by those other voices in your life so true if you if you can do it on your own i think speak what you want to get done and people will conspire to help you 
Yes. So if you've got a big idea, start talking to it. Don't be afraid of it. Let people know about it. And it's amazing to me how I've seen this work for myself and other clients, how many people will rally around and say, well, you know, I can't help you, but I know somebody who, and all of a sudden, before you know, you have a warm introduction to somebody who can open a door or maybe help you. And and here's the key to that. When you're giving them your, your, your elevator pitch, it's my name is, this is my company, here's what we do, here's the market that we serve, here's how they benefit. Can I help you? Or is there somebody that you know that this could benefit? Ask for the order. You can say all that in under 30 seconds, and you can make it That's good that you know it, too. That's true. you got to know it. Right. I tell people to write their business plan on one page. They say, I need more space. And I say to them, if you don't understand your business and can't summarize the most important parts about it on one page, you don't understand it, and neither will anybody else. Right. Right. Or they'll misunderstand it and they think they're helping you yeah. and they're putting you in the wrong direction. Because that's the other thing that I yeah. see many times for an entrepreneur. Life will give you challenges to see if you're really committed to that thing that you said you're committed to. Either because people will try to pull you in a different direction or you'll meet obstacles that others might quit behind. Just be ready as an entrepreneur for challenges that will defocus you. And you have to balance that against the idea that maybe what you originally thought was the right product isn't when you get it into the market and people help you to make a better product. I always find that to be a delicate decision for the entrepreneur to make. It, it is. You know, it's it's like it, there's all kinds of things that are going on. There's like, there's I call it shiny ball syndrome. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, there's so many great ideas right. around you focusing on one thing. There's the customer feedback thing where everyone's saying, well, what if you did this? What if you, and and it, it, it can be very difficult to stay focused, you know. Right. But when you've got a one-page plan and you're fo- hey, look. Here's what I think. This, this is what happens with entrepreneurs. I call it hammers and nail syndrome. So I give you one hammer, I give you one nail. And you have a really simple job. All you have to do is take that hammer and drive that nail into one piece of wood. Just nail nail that one thing, that, that one business. Now, you may miss the first time, you may miss the second. Eventually, I'm going to bet that you're going to nail it. Right. Now, let's say I give you as an entrepreneur two hammers and two nails you got a problem. Who's going to hold the nails? <laughs> and you find somebody crazy enough to do it. You still have to take one hammer in each hand. you got to raise them up at the same time. you got to strike. The odds are you'll miss the first, the second. You may never get it right. Now let's say I give you ten hammers and ten nails. You get the point. The biggest problem that entrepreneurs have when trying to launch is they focus on too many things. Right. So what I say is focus on one hammer, one nail. Do it well, then move on to the next thing. I love that. I had I had for years a poster of an eagle that I bought off of some on, online shop. And the, the proverb or the saying underneath was, if you chase two rabbits, both will get away, mm. which is focus. That's a great one. That right. is, yeah, so true. Okay. So Scott Duffy, founder and CEO, if someone wants to learn more about you or the launch project, how do they do that? Pick up my new book, Launch. It's available at bookstores all over the country or online. Okay. Um, or go to my website at www.scottduffy.com. Well, in this kind of content and this type of energy, is that what we're going to find in your book? And more. Oh, my God. How can you not go out and buy that right now, ladies and gentlemen? This has been a kick in the pants. You're a tremendous interviewee. You're a great guest. Thanks for being a friend of our program and a part of our community. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed both of these segments today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank our advertisers, for without whom we wouldn't have this show, Brandman University, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Production. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts. Crystal Nunley is the producer. Kathleen Shepard's our guest coordinator. Our marketing strategist and live event coordinator is Asia Celestino. Melissa Padani is our social media manager. VP of Sales, Rose Chamora. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or you want to refer a guest or advertise, visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 